Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. What you think? Ow. <laughs> Too loud? A little bit. I, I had to fix that in editing. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Russell Life Radio, episode 112. I am Russell Life Matt, and I'm here with B-Dubs, my beautiful wife, Carol. Hello. And my cousin, Kyle. Hi. It's a family affair again today. How y'all doing? Pretty good. 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 I uh, cannot wait until Friday. It's driving me crazy. Uh, I'm hoping to live until Friday. If I die before then, I'm going to be very pissed. Friday is last of us, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. I've been waiting for seven years. Going to be good. <laughs> Has it really been that long? Wow. Well, yes. The game, the first game came out seven years ago. and. I didn't play the first one until like a year after it had been out. So more like six years, but yeah, same. It feels like seven years. I'm really excited for it too. I haven't bought a new game in shoot a year. It's going to happen this time though. I'm definitely oh, yeah. getting it. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah, how it you is. heard a, I'm assuming Mike is not on today because he's devastated because he started playing the first one. And uh, <laughs> I know he mentioned Saturday that he played, he played the, prologue and had to go straight to bed i'm assuming he was exhausted from all the tears he was shedding probably he, so. it, he indeed said it was sad it's it's a top 10 of all time for me i absolutely loved it also a very sad game mm-hmm. <laughs> heartbreaking heartbreaking so let's uh we can talk about video games all day matter of fact we might have a special gamer talk radio sometime uh and spoiler that was the plan until e3 was canceled so <laughs> yeah so, Gamer Talk Radio next year, E3. Should exp- or maybe when the PS5 and Xbox One X One Xbox One releases. What is it the called? The router and the trash can. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but we know you don't come here for Gamer Talk, so how- we're actually going to skip this day in wrestling history because we have to get straight. Great, straight. Let's try that again. Let's get straight into the greatest wrestling match ever. Okay, this is going to be a preview of what I have to say about this main event. Okay. I nearly turned the show off as soon as it started. Because, as we know, they've been building this up as the greatest wrestling match ever. Yeah. It's the story that writes itself. Yeah. I'm rolling my eyes as I say it. And then we open the show, and Michael Cole says, as we prepare for what could be the greatest wrestling match ever. Right. I... Threw my hands up in the air. I almost threw my remote through the TV. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> After so, this already got the network subscriptions, that's all that mattered. Yeah, I guess so. It, I, I, I guess it's not surprising because WWE is... Uh, they've, they've basically mastered the art of false advertisement. So, yeah. But we will see if it was the greatest match ever in the main event. Well, I'm concerned because now that we've had the greatest wrestling match ever, we're done with wrestling, right? Like there isn't going to be any more. Yeah, they don't think that that stuff through. (laughs) (laughs) It's it was the greatest wrestling match up to yesterday. Maybe that'll be an annual thing. They'll do a greatest wrestling match every year. The greatest wrestling match ever today. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even get it out with. Braun Strowman God. versus Bobby Lashley. All right. Yeah. Nothing against Bobby Lashley. We love you, man. 
Uh, okay. Opening match that got relegated to the pre-show. Andrade versus Apollo Crews. I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch this match. Did you watch this one, Kyle? No, I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't catch the pre-show. I, they obviously played the highlights yeah, of uh, what happened in the match. I heard it was a good match. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically, um, Apollo Crews retains the U.S. title. I was happy to see that because I was, I mean, hey, I, as I said in the preview show, Heyman is now gone. Bruce Pritchard taking over Raw and SmackDown as they consolidate these teams, even though, I mean, come on, it's Vince. He's running the show. But right. uh, I was concerned because when he was on SmackDown, Apollo was the job guy alongside Shorty G uh, losing to Sheamus. Um, so now he's on Raw with U.S. title, and now Jeff Hardy's the job guy. So, <laughs> uh, so let, just to give a little recap of this match, because I didn't see it, so I can't tell you how good or bad it was. Uh, but I do know that Angel Garza was out there with Andrade, and of course Selena Vega was. Kevin Owens was on commentary, stating that he was there to make sure that Angel Garza did not interfere. Of course, Angel Garza did, so Kevin Owens just came up and stunned him, and Apollo Crews got the win. Yeah, and he hit him with his powerbomb finishing move because to win the title, he hit him with the like multiple moonsaults, like shooting star press thing. Uh-huh. Actually, used his finish here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they didn't edit it because they obviously edited some of the show. Yeah, Andrade he he gets slammed, and for some reason he's got his arms up, like his shoulders are like, clearly off the mat, and the ref just had to like wait. So it was basically a five count that he got. Yeah, Apollo got, but. He had to wait for Andrade to put his arms down. I don't know why he was sticking his arms up in the air, but whatever. <laughs> so, to my knowledge, the whole show was live other than the tag title match, because obviously, and Edge Orton. Everything else, as far as I know, was live. Was that a tag title match? Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. So I don't know what that we... was. <laughs> wait, that wasn't live? No, it wasn't live, oh, actually. Man. I know. I know it's disappointing. Aww. It's disappointing. So we open the show with the Iconics versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Sasha Banks and Bayley. Uh, their entrance took forever, and I know, because we were uh, setting up on the PlayStation, and it constantly froze, so we switched to the Xbox, and it worked. And by the time we did all that, it like basically the entrances were still going on. No, we started on the Xbox, switched to the PlayStation, Is that what happened? back to the Xbox, and they were still doing That's entrances. what it was, yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was yeah. bad. Well, so, that, that's good, though, because if you would have waited any longer or been delayed any longer, you probably would have missed the match because it went by really fast. Yes, it did. Yeah, it did. Why don't you uh, Why don't you run through it for us? Uh, it was actually a pretty good match. Like, I, It was quicker than I thought it was going to be, but uh, still pretty good. It was mainly better in the beginning, got kind of sloppy toward the end. Um, uh, Sasha and Peyton actually had a pretty good exchange in there uh, in the middle. They were kind of... Yeah. Going back and forth, I thought they did pretty well. They did uh, on SmackDown, too. It was cool. Yeah, and Peyton is obviously the more talented of the two. Uh, Billy Kay, not that great. Uh, Alexa also had a – she's – when she gets the hot tag, she no- normally does the exact same thing. She'll come in, which, I mean, everybody does, but she, she comes in and hits, like, her little clotheslines, and I that is little clotheslines, and then right. she – does the elbow slap or whatever punch thing that she does. And that's usually about the extent of it. And then she might hit her like little knee move on whoever's left. She actually did like the, the Thez press, like which Trish strategies used to do that. And right. I thought it added a lot to it. So I actually liked that part. And so she actually had a pretty good 
she did it like four times in a row. It was really cool. Yeah. So uh, adding that in helped a lot, I think. And so when she got the hot tag, she actually came in and kind of ran wild on everybody. And so that was good. Um, And basically the finish came, um, well, actually before that, they did have a spot where I believe it was Sasha and Peyton were on the apron and everybody else was fighting out on the ring. And was it Alexa? No, who was... Basically, two of them were on the apron, and somebody did a crossbody through the ropes. I think it was Alexa and Sasha. Yeah, and then Peyton did the crossbody through the ropes. Right, yeah. And so they basically took everybody out. She kind of got caught on the ropes, and it was a little sloppy. But, I mean, it, it got the job done. So they yeah, all got back in the ring. That, and obviously, Peyton is very thin. That is not an easy move to do. So, I mean, it would have to be picture perfect. I, don't, I didn't really have a problem with the way it looked. It wasn't perfect, but fine. It was really cool. You don't ever see something like that. Yeah. So... They got back in the ring, and uh, Alexa and Nikki were able to hit their. Uh, well, actually, Peyton and Billy hit their finisher on Sasha, which she rolled out of the ring, and then Nikki and uh, Alexa were able to hit their DDT, like three D DDT move or whatever, on Peyton. Which I'm not a big fan of that move. Like it's just pretty sloppy, and yeah, it, it's almost impossible to look good because Alexa is so short. And she's not Michael Jordan, so she can't jump five feet in the air. Well, that, and she has to, like, as she's coming down, she has to loop her arm around the other girl's neck to get her in, like, a DDT position. It's just really awkward. They should do away with that. I I get the idea they have behind it, because Alexa, she had, like, a DDT finish for a while, or, like, at least a signature move. Right. But, yeah, so she hit Peyton with it, but actually didn't go for the cover, uh, which she probably should have. But she drug her into the corner, hit the Twisted Bliss, uh, she's going for the pin. Alexa just hops in the ring, rolls her up, and gets the pin. So, and Alexa, like, she got let loose or whatever. Sasha rolls out, and she's, like, in total shock. So, uh, Bailey and Sasha steal it basically here and retain the titles. Yeah. And I actually think that this match was better than something you would see on a generic Raw or SmackDown. I thought that even though it was short, they were able to do... Uh, new things and interesting things. And uh, like like you mentioned, Sasha and Peyton actually had some time to do uh, a little combination with each other. And I just thought it was it was a pretty solid little match. It was way too short, uh, especially. But, you know, this, this pay-per-view was what? Three hours and five or ten minutes long? Yeah, it was about right around three hours. And most of that was because of the main event. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so... Honey, what did, did you like this match? I did enjoy it. I don't have a lot to add because I agree with a lot of what you've already said. Um, I love uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and I've I've missed the Iconics, so right. it's fun to see them again. Yeah, agreed. So we're going to move into Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. And Kyle, if you want to go into detail into this, you can, but I just want to point out the really big spots. Okay. So, there was a spot where Jeff Hardy was going to attack Sheamus with the ring steps. He opted not to do it because Jeff Hardy is a nice person. Uh, so instead, he runs like on the on the barrier where it would usually block the fans and jumps off and gets bro kicked in the face. He got bro kicked again inside the ring, and he lost this match. Let me tell you why this was stupid. I don't have a problem with Jeff Hardy losing. I have a problem with at the beginning they're like. If Jeff Hardy loses, how will he go on with his life? And after he lost, they said, how will he face his wife and children? And I'm like, I don't know. 
He's been wrestling for like 20 years, maybe the same way he does with any other loss he's ever had. It was really stupid, and I really hated it. So, here's why I hated it. Okay. It was actually a really good match. But, the story of the whole thing is, Seamus, he's mad that Jeff Hardy's coming back. He's trying to make a comeback. So, he almost kills somebody with a car, with Jeff's car, beats him up, pours alcohol all over him, tries to get him wrongly arrested for manslaughter or whatever, you know, the charges. And that's just like not mentioned anymore. And then on SmackDown this past week, really Sheamus has been beating up Jeff Hardy all along, even when they had their first match. So he's been beating Mm -hmm. this guy up. He comes out there to have Jeff take a a piss test for, to test the drugs, you know, saying he, you know, whatever he's being the bad guy. And Jeff Hardy threw the pee on him and made him really angry. And so this was Seamus, the (laughs) heel getting his revenge for what the babyface did to him. Correct. What a happy ending. I know. Well, this is clearly not the ending because Jeff Hardy will will get his win back, but it's it's 50-50 booking with terrible writing. And I didn't think the match was great, but I thought it was... I thought the match was fine. To me, it was just a SmackDown match. I don't know. I just didn't think it was a whole lot to it. I thought it was really um, good. I, I thought it was way better than their first match, their IC title match. Okay. Um, so I, I didn't see that one. Yeah. So that maybe that's kind of padding it a little bit for me or why I liked it a lot more. But at least Jeff Hardy got some offense in this match. He, right. he got like zero in the IC title match. It basically got lucky with the win. And that's really how they booked the rest of the story until this match. So at least Hardy – Controlled portions of the match. Okay. I get yeah. that. Well, I liked it. I thought it was good. Okay. What'd you think, honey? It was fine. The match was fine, but I don't like the story at all. And like like we said, they were like, Seamus is framing him. And then we didn't talk about that at all. At all. They, they showed the flashbacks, but then we didn't really address the issue. I, I don't know. I love Seamus. I don't like this story. Yeah. If they wanted to continue this, I'll tell you how they should have done it. They should have had Sheamus hit the bro kick, throw Jeff in the ring, set it for the second, and then the cops come out, and they arrest <laughs> Sheamus on the spot, and they never get to finish the match. Okay. <laughs> and that would be really... Uh, now maybe Sheamus could get out of it and come back and say, I had Jeff beat, and blah, 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 and then they have another match. But Yeah. 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 Beat him clean, so I, I don't see why they're gonna have another one, but whatever. Yeah, I understand. Uh, speaking of not beating someone clean, we get Nia Jackson Oscar next. Or at all. Before that, before that, Kayla's backstage with Miz and Morrison explaining how this handicap match is gonna go because no one knew, and it's just so ridiculous to me how they just make up rules as they go. And I get that it's a TV show, right. But I mean, my gosh, if you're supposed to be a sport and you've got a Fox News analyst show, I just. So how come sometimes, like, for example, Becky Lynch versus was or so it was Bailey and Sasha versus someone and they both lost. Was it Charlotte? I can't remember. But they both lost and they were going to be. No, no, no. It was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and they were going to be co WWE Women's Champions. Remember that? Mm-hmm. That was yes. less than a year ago. Now, Kayla was like, actually, guys, whoever gets the pin here, 
is going to be your WWE champion. I'm like, wait a second. I just going to drop this bomb on them. Also, what authority do you have? Are you, you know, getting this information from someone else? It just didn't make any sense. Um, it, so basically it was just a triple threat, but there was a tag element. That's exactly what this was. Yeah. And, and Miz and Morrison couldn't tag each other. And WWE is a, like, billion-dollar company or however much they're worth, and they just, like, spring these changes into the contracts last minute. Like, yeah, total mistreatment of these guys. I would be furious if I were them. Yeah, That is a stipulation they should probably know about ahead of time. Yeah. I think Kayla made this decision on her own. She was just like, you know what? I'm going to say this. And then the writers were like, well, now we have to go with it. What are we going to do? It's live. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I got it. So, Asuka versus Nia Jax. This match was, this match wasn't good, but it was better than what I was expecting. Um, I don't know why I was expecting a crap fest because Asuka is involved, uh, but Nia is not good. Oh no no, Nia is a top class athlete. That's what they said. That is what they said, they, didn't they? Who said that? that Tom Phillips. Not whoever. not Samoa Joe. That's who. <laughs> so. So there was one spot in this match, and I'm sorry, honey, I'll let you finish. But no, no, I'm Nia Jax picks up Asuka, and but like barely like rubs her against the barrier. Like there was no slam there. She was just like have her friendly little rub, Asuka. It made no sense. This match ended with a double countout. I understand that sometimes there needs to be a double countout, and I don't have a problem with it happening sometimes. But the problem is Asuka just had a match thrown out because Nia Jax interfered with Charlotte. And they do this crap. WWE does this crap all the time. All the time with the non-finishes. And you know what? As a WWE fan, you almost have to accept it on television. Because they do it all the time. It is not acceptable on a pay-per-view in a championship match, it is not acceptable, period. And, of course, they had this stupid rule that the champion's advantage thing, which makes zero sense. If Asuka dis- gets disqualified, she can just keep her title. It's just dumb, but they've just had it forever, so they just keep doing it. Uh, I will say the highlight of this match, Nia Jax at one point hit a – she, like, picked Asuka up and hit a jackhammer. And like somebody in the crowd started going, Nia, Nia, <laughs> which actually wasn't my favorite part. What was my favorite part was after they, nobody else joined in on this person, everything kind of died down for a minute. And then you heard one solo voice go, You ain't Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. I didn't hear that. That's great. It's great. That's awesome. Hmm. Uh, Nia Jax is, in fact, not Goldberg. No, not even close. In a, in maybe, maybe in a Matt Riddle's definition, but. <laughs> so after the match, Asuka just like hip attacks Naya. She stands tall. Don't understand why she can't get the pin here. Oh. I understand that they're going to continue this feud, but I thought it was really stupid. They're actually having the rematch on Raw tonight. Terrific. Yeah. So that's, guess, who's that's not, guess who's not watching Raw? Yeah. This guy, 100%. Um, honey, what did you think? Yeah, I at this point in the show, because this is a pay-per-view, we saw the bad guys win and retain. Yep. We saw the bad guy win, and, you know, we kind of expected that. It was time 
for Asuka to win this match. Yep. It was time in the show, theatrically, for Asuka to win. I don't understand this decision. And Especially it's worse she's... than if she hadn't won. It's just a double count. Like you said, this is for right. television. This is not for a show I paid to watch. That's correct. It's ridiculous. And she's probably going to win it tonight, too. So Yeah. Why just not let her win and then have a rematch? Yeah. So they can have another match on Raw the next night? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yep. Why... She got a butt in the face, so that's fine. Yeah. After the match, Oscar hit her other butt, basically. <laughs> Sorry. So let's let's compare AEW WWE really quickly. And I know it's a little unfair because AEW does about four pay-per-views a year. And WWE, I think that's 13. I think it's 13. I think it's more than, more than one a month. But when AEW has pay-per-views, their matches almost always end feuds and have solid finishes. Almost always. In WWE, I feel like they have a bunch of non-finishes per show. Or they just do something just to continue the feud. Yes. And I don't like that. And again, I understand it's four-week booking. It's not three-month booking. So that is a different type of animal. But you can't do it all the time. They do it all the time. And hey, what what are their two best matches they probably had this week? Uh, AJ and Daniel Bryan and Edge and Randy Orton. And did either of those finishes end in a screwy fashion? No. Yeah. One guy pinned the other guy in both matches. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. We had a winner and a loser. That is correct. So, yeah. That's my point. (laughs) Yeah, this is a fair point. So then you're backstage again after Asuka attacks Nia and... MVP's on the phone. He's buying a bunch of champagne for the celebration. Lana comes up, and she's yelling at MVP for being a leech, saying that he got in her man's head, that he's she's not allowed to go out with him anymore. And he's like, actually, that's all Bobby's doing. And if you remember, that happened before I even started talking to the guys. So, ain't got nothing to do with me. Now, if you excuse me, I need to go handle the next WWE champion. And Lana's all mad. The MVP's Nobody awesome. Nobody really cares. And they replayed her screaming like five times. I'm like, we didn't want to see that the first time it happened. <laughs> please don't keep showing it. Yes, please. So your handicap is next with The Miz and John Morrison versus Braun Strowman. And Miz and Morrison come out and they introduce the world <laughs> to a brand new music video. And let me tell you, one of my buddies the other day who listened to the show said... Matt, I think you're a little biased towards AEW. They do some stupid stuff, and you never make fun of them. Let me tell you why. Because when AEW does it, it's very entertaining and very funny. And you know what? This was entertaining and funny. I loved this. And when people that don't take themselves too seriously do stupid stuff like this, this is why I love it. When Seth Rollins does it and looks like a dork, no, that's dumb. But when Mike Mizanin and John Hennigan get up there and act like two complete fools in some old mansion, it was one of the greatest things I have ever seen. I loved every single second of this. My beautiful wife is going to sing this song for me next Thursday on Facebook. It's going to be great. <laughs> yes, I will be covering, so tune in. <laughs> also, what did you think of the... Sorry, what, was so, what was so great about this was... So we, we had... On SmackDown, Miz and Morrison hiding in the truck, doing all these booby traps. And I did not like it. Uh, I like Morrison and Miz, but I didn't like that because it's totally 
not believable. I mean, I know they're like the characters are crazy, but I do not believe right. Ms. Morrison would go rent a van, hide in it, and set up <laughs> traps all over the show, right? Just to mess with Braun Strowman the whole night for no reason. Right. It was just like a stunt setup or whatever, and it just it fell flat for me, and it was just I kind agree. of dumb. I could totally believe yeah. Ms. Morrison <laughs> went and shot a music video on their own, had it auto-tuned to death, and just came here, and they thought it was the most amazing thing ever, and they're going to play it for everybody because they are awesome. Yep. Yeah. I can totally believe that. That's exactly what they did, and they are totally right. Yeah, it was 100%. amazing. Yeah. So I, I loved every second of it. Yeah, definitely pumped me up for the match. I was ready to go. I don't know if it pumped me up for the match. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. But it made me love Ms. Morrison together as a team a lot more. Yeah. And it made me hate Braun Strowman that much more, who is currently my second least favorite uh, wrestler on the roster after Seth Rollins. Maybe first, because yeah. Seth can actually wrestle. But man, Braun Strowman interrupts it, and you see like the Strowman Express, and here's a giant freaking train, and then smoke coming out everywhere. Was it cool? Sure. But did it need to interrupt this amazing music video? No. No. Screw you, Strowman. Screw you. And I think WWE is probably the writers must be listening in on our show because I've made the joke that Strowman has been running a train on people when he goes around the ring, like a yeah. freight train. And uh, they, they took a little too literally. And now he's the Strowman. Expert. I don't recall this being on SmackDown. I think this was a new thing. Yeah. Cause he came out and uh, it's totally possible that, cause I tend to skip like the commercials and if he made an entrance and I just skipped over, I probably didn't go back and watch it. So I don't but, think but so. I think this is the debut of this where, yeah, it is that shirt, but not the entrance. Yeah. So if you thought his like scream was annoying, like when he comes out there and he, he like, his well, roar. his roar <laughs> and he, he, he thought that was annoying. <laughs> you have that on top of like train whistles, like edges, entrance times a thousand with all the yeah. steam coming up to like, my God. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been a cool, like Saudi Arabia entrance, but I don't want to see it every time. So hopefully it was a one-time thing. We'll see. It, it would have been a good WrestleMania entrance if he actually came out on a train. <laughs> yes. that, it's stupid. Uh, it needs to be, to make him look more like a monster, it needs to be like a toy train. So he looks uh, gigantic. Is he a conductor now or is he a monster? Like, which I one is I have it? no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Get him a hat. It'd be great if it was like a Thomas the Tank Engine train. Right. Yeah. And it's like remote controlled, so he's just sort of squatting on top of it while it, it drives down into the ring with, with smoke coming out. That would be worth the price of admission for me. So this this match was just, was again, it was fine. Uh, Morrison and Miz are so, so good. Uh, Strowman was fine in this match. He basically got beat up a lot, which is, you know, uh, they, Braun Strowman's been around for years. They still don't know how to book this guy. Uh, he got beat up by two smaller guys. There was one point where they did a like skull crushing finale plus whatever John Morrison did off the top rope. They destroyed Braun Strowman. Morrison goes for the pin. Miz pulls him off because of course he did. And then Miz looks like super apologetic and like, oh, I, I don't know what I was doing. And someone said that his instincts kicked in because, you know, you, you want to get the pin. And, you know, they tried to explain that, but I don't, I don't particularly buy it. Uh, and I, I, I'm not sure if this will break them up. I kind of hope that it doesn't because I like them together. But uh, we'll see where that goes. But long story short, Strowman got the win. It was dumb. If The Fiend doesn't show up on Friday, then I, I 
I'm definitely not watching. Sm- I'm not resuming my SmackDown watching because wow, the train didn't bring you back. No, no, it didn't. <laughs> not yeah. uh, not watching. I thought this was like a SmackDown match on this pay per view. Basically, uh, I thought Miz was Miz. Morrison and Strowman actually worked pretty well together because Morrison's just awesome, and he can flip and do everything that Strowman can't do. And Strowman just stands here and beats him up. So yeah, uh, yeah, I thought it was fine. But basically a typical SmackDown match. And they at least got some offense on the guy and just didn't get killed the entire match. So right, it's fine. Yeah. I agree. Do you want to add anything, honey? Yeah. The match was fine. It was fun. I enjoyed everything. But I don't know if this is because I'm a casual fan. I don't know what I'm talking about. So forgive me if I don't know what I'm talking about. But okay. nothing has happened yet. We've had the tag team <laughs> champions retain. We've had... Seamus that music win. video happened we've, Carol that music video <laughs> something has happened. That happened we've had we've had the the double count out so basically nothing happened and then we've had Braun Strowman retain so nothing has happened like I feel like I want change I want something to make you go oh wow so the only thing I've gone oh wow for right now is the music video yeah at this point in the show mm-hmm. and so I don't know is that just me no I mean this is usually Backlash is usually the pay-per-view after Mania, and I think this was... Wasn't there something in between Mania and Backlash this year? Money in the Bank, yeah. Um, nothing ever happens at Backlash. Yeah? Really? Okay. Usually the pay-per-view after Mania is a filler pay-per-view, and there's usually not a title change. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Hey! Oh, it's spoiler alert! Hey, ho, ho! Oh, ho! <laughs> <laughs> and spoiler alert, there was not a title change in the next match either. Because Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre came out there. Thank goodness there was. Let's let's talk about it. Uh, Actually, before that, AJ Styles was in the back, and he was talking about his win over Daniel Bryan. He said he's going to have a very big celebration on Friday. I'm sorry, AJ. I'd love to watch, but I just can't do it. So McIntyre comes out. Bobby Lashley and MVP are already out there. Bobby Lashley puts this uh, master lock. It's a full Nelson, but he puts what I call the master lock on Drew McIntyre before the bell rings. And Drew McIntyre cannot break it. And refs finally pull Lashley off of McIntyre. And McIntyre looks half dead. Then the match starts. And this match was, to me, really enjoyable. Except for two spots that were majorly botched. One, Bobby Lashley dropped Drew McIntyre basically on his head. Mm. And almost murdered the poor guy. Mm. And two... Bobby Lashley was charging towards Drew McIntyre on the outside. McIntyre flips him over, but Bobby doesn't jump high enough mm. and doesn't make it over the barricade. So he just kind of slams into the barricade and then falls on top of McIntyre. But he like clumsily falls like he's trying to catch himself. Then he acts like he took a lot of damage. He's really hurt. That really, really took me out of, out of this match. Because one, I was afraid for Drew's life. And two, it just looks very, very bad. But other than that, I thought the match was fun. Uh, it, it was probably... 12 minutes long? That sound about right? Um, yeah, something like 12. Yeah, so it was It was fun. Um, at Toward the end, Lana came out and started screaming at the referee. She's like, no, no, you're cheating. Even though the referee was doing absolutely nothing wrong, not even anything out of the ordinary. It was just calling the match like a regular human being. And Lana's like, no, you're cheating. And I'm sitting here going, what? What are you talking about? And Bobby Lashley was also thinking, what? What are you talking about? So he turns his attention to her. MVP, uh, uh, Drew McIntyre knocks Bobby into Lana, who 
MVP catches Lana and she still falls. MVP looks slightly concerned but more irritated, as he probably should, to be fair. And then Drew McIntyre turn or Bobby Lashley turns around, gets Claymore in the face. Drew McIntyre gets the win. MVP stands up over Lana like this man is going to murder a woman. I mean, I thought that he was going to kill her, and Bobby Lashley would be like, no, please, don't kill my wife. But that is not what happened. MVP stared at her forever with, like, his arms, like, out to his side like he's super mad. Bobby Lashley comes over to his side. MVP pats him on the back, says, let's go, walks off. Lashley looks at his wife, then walks off. Lana looks distraught. McIntyre stands tall. I didn't need this to happen because it was a very WWE thing. But you know what? If it breaks up Lana and Lashley and it gets her off my television, fine. Fine. Yeah, I mean, I I like this match. I enjoyed it, um, especially the beginning because um, yeah. it, it was different. I mean, they've done something like this before. Not like it's you know completely innovative, but it's still like you don't see it too often. Um, and they just set it up well because, I mean, before this MVP talked about, you know, in one of his promos that he wanted to have a hand in Drew McIntyre losing this belt. So right. him playing distraction for Bobby Lash to come behind him. And then Drew le- wrestled like like five minutes of the first part of the match with his jacket on because he was just getting destroyed the entire time. He didn't have time to yeah. take his jacket off. Uh, so I thought that the beginning was pretty good. Um, the part you're talking about where – he dropped Drew on his head. I heard it put a really – basically the best way I heard it put was uh, it was both guys doing what they're good at really well in the sense that basically what happened was Drew, he's an athlete. He's, he's a big guy, but he's an athlete, and right. he's a good wrestler. So when you're getting picked up, you want to try and jump and give, some, give the guy your help because if you just play dead and you're just like a sack of potatoes – I mean, you know, it's hard to pick another human up when there's limp or whatever. So it's good to jump, help the guy out. So he did that. But also, it's Bobby Lashley. So he's a giant, and he don't need any help. So it was a combination of that where Drew was jumping, Lashley was just lifting the dude, and Drew just like went like a rainbow over his head. Lashley tried <laughs> to hold on, nearly dropped him on his head. He, he kind of rolled toward the end, so it didn't look as bad, I don't think. But he came really close, and it could have been uh, really bad. So, yeah, that was did not look fun. But I, I guess I wasn't as bothered by the end of the match because they've. I mean, this has kind of been playing out the whole time of where Lana isn't happy with yep. what you know with being taken out of the picture, and it was weird she got up on the apron and accused the referee of cheating. But I think she was just like so frustrated she was just going to make any excuse to get up there and get on the apron. So I can believe she would just do something like that. And also, it wasn't like I would have hated this and hated it if Bobby had speared Drew and was like, he just got up, Drew was dead, and he was about to set him up for the full Nelson. And like he had the match won, basically. He he speared McIntyre, but he went to pin him and he kicked out. So McIntyre was not indeed dead. It, it did not mean Bobby had the, the match in hand. He, he was in control, right. but he didn't have the match won. So it helped it out in that sense. But, uh, and then, like I said, it's totally believable of what they're doing because this is kind of how the story has been going. So I was fine with it and they're probably gonna have another match and I enjoyed this one. So I think it was okay. And MVP is great. Like he is to 
like Heyman status. And I might like him a little bit better because he was on the outside the entire time, just talking trash, hyping up Lashley. And he's like the perfect manager. He did yeah. so good in this match. I, I just want to see more of him. So I, I hope they have another match because I think it was great. Yeah, I agree. So we're going to move on to the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders. Now, we did not pick this match. The turd in the turd sandwich. We didn't know this was going to happen. I'm really excited to talk about this match. I'm going to try to remember everything that happened. It was a lot. So let's just go over some of it. Some of the highlights. The Street Profits versus Viking Raiders start with them brawling in the back. Yeah, they're, they, they're fighting. Yeah, they're fighting in, their, in the parking lot. And I'm like, wait a second. Aren't these guys buddies? Because they were just buddies on Raw. They've been like having this friendly competition stuff. Yeah, they could have fought like a month ago. And yeah. they've been hanging out ever since. Yeah. Never once have they fought. Nope. Now they're just killing each other. Yep. In the parking lot. They can't even wait. They can't even wait till they get to the ring. They just want to kill each other so much. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's let's pretend wrestling is real, right? So if you compare it to MMA, friends fight. Or two guys that aren't necessarily friends, but respect each other, they fight often. But while, during bell to bell, they want to kill each other. But any other time, they're cool. Well, we thought the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders were like that, but instead, they just decide, let's go ahead, let's get started back here. It's fine. It's the reverse. Yeah. So bell to bell, they're buddies, and then on the outside, they're, they're fighting. I guess. It just doesn't make any sense. So, they fight. Uh, I'm going to try real quick and just... For pretend sake, okay, I'm going to try to imagine what happened that led to this brawl. I think okay. Street Profits were hanging outside getting ready for the match. Viking Raiders came up to them, and they're like, hey, remember the last month, all those good times we had? Street Profits were like, yeah. The Viking Raiders were like, remember the friendships that we made? All the good, the good stuff that we did? All the fun? Just kidding. And then a brawl ensued. I just... But they were friends later on in this match. Like, it, So they fight and they like throw each other on Braun Strowman's car. And his windshield gets destroyed. His alarm goes off and they all freak out. And they're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta go. So all four of them run inside. So Eric and Ivar grab shields, Viking shields. The Street Profits have uh, golf, golf clubs. Eric pulls out an axe, which, and then Ivar pulls out a bowling ball. And, and they're he, all like, what? And he just shrugs. Yeah. Just like, well, yeah, what did you want me to bring? And then, so like, they're freaked out over the axe. The street prophets are freaked out over the axe. And they're like, nope. And they turn around and run away. So they eventually get to a spot where they all drop their weapons. They start fighting. Street prophets run away because they're scared. Yeah. Viking Raiders have the advantage. They're like, oh, well, we obviously have the superior weapon. They chase them down. They just stop all of a sudden. They're like, wait, wait, hold on. Let's do this like men. Let's put all these weapons down. Yeah. And, and Viking Raiders just say, okay. Yep. You have the advantage, dude. They're like, so <laughs> I'm going to hit you with this axe. Yep. No, that's not yeah. what they do. Yeah. That's what happens. They, they drop all their weapons and their shields. They fight. Eric and uh, Dawkins are off screen. Montez Ford is sitting because he got beat up. And then 
Ivar has a dream sequence that we can see. Yes, just like Mandy Rose, we can now see inside Ivar's head. At least she was napping. Yeah. He was just and there. So we, can, we saw Ivar remember all the good times when they were bowling. So he decides to pick up the bowling ball. He bowls into, how can I say this, Montez Ford's two pins. He has two pins? Right, right, in, uh, right in Montez Ford's ziggles. We'll use Micah's, Micah's terminology. Montez freaks out. I want to go back to this two-pin thing. <laughs> that's that's got to be some kind of condition. <laughs> and that's staying in. So Ivar goes off because he's got Montez Ford taken care of. And you see Dawkins toss Eric through a glass window pane. This, this, they just destroy each other. So Ivar comes up. He's like, are you guys okay? Of course they're not. They just went through a glass window pane. Montez Ford now hobbles out, holding himself as you would when bowling balls hit your ziggles. Then you hear the sound of motorcycles. Oh my god! And then here comes here comes a bunch of motorcycles, and I'm like, what is happening? Then one guy gets off. He's clearly the leader, and he comes up and he takes off his helmet, and it's Akira Tozawa in a ninja gi. Okay. Does so WWE like? Do they know what's going on right now? I now I, listen. I know it's completely different, and it's more about police brutality and you know police on the African American community. But like, it, it has a lot to do with race, and it is slightly stereotypical. Slightly. <laughs> I usually give a pass on something like this, but like, it was pretty racist because. <laughs> I know for a fact that they thought we need a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the ninja? And they go straight to the Asian guy. And ninja. now I wouldn't have had a problem with this if at any point in his career, Tazawa was like, it'll, his gimmick at some point or something was at least a ninja. It, it could have passed. You could be like, well, he's done a right. ninja gimmick before. He's kind of done this, so it's fine. But like, no, he has had zero evidence he knows anything about being a ninja or riding a motorcycle but here he's a motorcycle riding ninja we need a ninja would it have been better if it was kung fu naki probably he was wielding a sword on monday night raw in the past i would have believed it for a second so tozawa like, holds his hand out and, like, does, like, this ninja thing with his hand. And all the motorcycle guys who are now ninjas, they take off their helmets. They've got ninja mask on. They attack. They go to attack the Street Problems and Viking Raiders. And then, it, like, they are combining forces. And now they're the Viking Prophets. They've got a new logo. They've got a graphic somebody made. Yes. Like an anime show. They have, like, united and created a, a Megazord or whatever of Viking Prophets. Right. So this right here was essentially three ninjas, surf ninjas, karate kid, doesn't matter. This was an a- late 80s, early 90s movie where the Street Province and the Viking Raiders are beating up all the ninjas. And then they get into like a little huddle. They all jump up, they slap arms, and it freezes. Because why not? It's an early 90s movie. Mm-hmm. The Ninja Turtles did this. It was great. Mm-hmm. It's terrific. 
So Tazawa was like... Although, when the Ninja Turtles did it, the ninjas won. That's correct. The Vikings, if anything, should be the bad guys <laughs> if we're stereotyping yep. people. So if you want to get not stereotypical, uh, a large black man who is a ninja came up and Tazawa, this is Tazawa's channel. I thought it was Shaq for a second. I did too. So tall. I really did. I'm like, is that Shaquille O'Neal? He's a man. This man was huge. I would have stayed this segment if it was Shaq was some Shaq. <laughs> and he would have taken off his mask. It would have been great. Or maybe Akira was like crouching a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> was, he was very tall. But this this man is huge. But he was wearing a mask. We couldn't tell who it was. And he's the a, he's the, a WWE developmental guy, and he is like seven foot something. Like he's who he's is it? Tall. Uh, give me one second. I'll find his name. Is it Babatunde? Uh, I don't remember his name. So they are, he pulls out a giant sword. Black and so ninja. Ivar Black. holds out his hand and a turkey leg that he had dropped earlier comes into his hand like he is Thor. First first video that pops up, who was the giant black ninja at <laughs> Backlash? <laughs> so, so after he gets, they're like all ready, right? And I think it's Montez Ford is like, no, 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 no. It was Eric. And he's like, I got this guy. And the rest of them are like, no, you don't. And they all run away. And Tozawa and the giant ninja decide not to chase. So they, like, climb up these boxes on top of a, a diesel truck. Like, it's the end of Edge and Orton at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. And then, Yeah. They just, like, run a long way. But unfortunately, Ivar couldn't make keep up because he was he's so fat. And fat people can't do anything in the WWE. That's why Otis kept destroying... Stair, uh, steps on ladders. Mm-hmm. And so he's tired. But eventually he catches up. And they all start fighting again. And then Dawkins and Eric fall into this dumpster. And then Ivar and Montez stop fighting. Like, guys, are you okay? And Ivar just pushes Montez into the dumpster. Then he screams, Air Ivar does a somersault flip into the dumpster. And they're all like half dead. Then you hear this grumbling. What is that? And then this tentacle monster attacks them. That is what happens. A tentacle comes out from the bottom and starts like trying to grab them like it's Star Wars. And they're like, nope, not doing this. They all climb out. And that was the end of the segment. Now. You missed the ref. I missed the ref. Oh, you're right. The female ref tells Ivar he's cute and says, Eric, he's not. Because that was like a shtick. Between all the all the shows. Also, so, she came out like in the middle of this and said, "Like, yeah, you guys, your match is next." And it's yeah. been going on for like twenty minutes already, or something. I'm like, "Yeah." So what's been going on inside? <laughs> right? What did we miss? Like, is there a filler match that we missed? Like, is there a? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Were they changing the ring? Uh, who knows? <laughs> That's a good question. So, uh, Kyle, I'm going to let you break this down a little more. But before you do, B Dubs, give me your thought on this. Random, random match. My thought? Yeah, give me your thoughts on it. What did you think? I don't know what to think. I, <laughs> I It was like this big... I don't know. I don't even know what to call it. I really don't. Okay. It was... Did you like it? It was an interesting break. I did say this show's been a bit repetitive. Yeah? It's just been kind of like, okay, here's a match. Here's a match. Here's a match. So it was something different to break it up before we move on. Something and happened. Something happened. Yeah. <laughs> Ivar's Thor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah, we forgot the. So at one point, the turkey leg thing. I told yeah, that. his turkey leg got tossed aside, and like yeah. Ray in the Force Awakens pulls it out of the ground and like catches the turkey leg. Yeah. So. Yeah, 
And then the Dianoga attacks them in the trash compactor. It's It's Star Wars. So this was very difficult for me because this was the dumbest thing I've ever seen on a wrestling show since the gobbledygooker. Okay? It was so, so stupid. But my gosh, was it entertaining. I hated and loved this at the same time. And I don't know how how that's possible. Do I want to see more of this on a wrestling show? No. Do I want to see some weird network special where stuff like this happens? Absolutely, I do. I was thoroughly sports entertained, but I don't want to see it on a WWE pay-per-view. Does that make sense? Uh, sure. I guess. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. <laughs> so, I've actually enjoyed their segments for the most part. Uh, they've had some stuff not, you know, get over some, But, I mean, overall, I've enjoyed their skits they've done. I've always said I didn't know how it was going to lead to a match. I didn't know that they were just going to copy it and try and – actually, no, they didn't copy it. They tried to do this crazy match out of it, but I, I just don't think it worked anywhere near as good as the other one did. It was way too long, first of all. The other ones kind of helped because they were usually broken up or they were just short. And they were, were the most times subtle because they had something to do. So they were like bowling and they would throw a joke in here and there or they were axe throwing. And, you know, then like a horse would just be there and it's just like weird. But this is just like... <laughs> this was just all forced jokes and like the, the bowling ball to the, to the cojones. Like we've seen that spot like a million times and way better right. and funnier. Like I, I didn't think it was funny. The, the only, like they smashed each other through a glass. And the only, the only thing I could think when they did that was God, that looked horrible or horrible in that it looked really good, but it, like it hurt. And then it's like, right. I was like, why did you have to do that for this match? Right. I don't know. I, the ninja thing was just weird. Like, I don't know. Like, there's not like ninjas have not involved, been involved in this story at all. And then just like, no. ninja clan come out of nowhere. Like, no. Yeah. It's, I just did not like it at all. It's if, if they would have like started in the ring and had like a, like a last man standing or like some kind of match. And then it spilled into this and they brought back some gimmicks from the other stuff. It, I think it could have been a little bit better. Uh, it went on way too long and it, yeah, it was just so forced. And so like WWE of like too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. And yeah. uh, this is kind of the bad part of it. So yeah, I didn't really like it. Uh, I just, I'd rather have seen a, even if they were buddies, I would rather have just seen a good old fashioned tag team wrestling match with these two dudes competing or these two teams competing against each other, but it didn't do that. So whatever. Well, and I think I was expecting them to make it to the ring at some point. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> I know. Everybody's just looking for them. That was very right. foolish. Of they, me. they stopped the show to look for these guys, and then the ref found them in the dumpster. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, I don't know, maybe the ninjas was like a mass hysteria dream, and like yeah. the four of them just imagined the ninjas. I don't know. I just felt I. it was, it was a bit much. What are y'all doing in Florida I'm- where you have like – Sarlacc monsters or whatever that thing was in the dumpster. <laughs> First alligators, now this thing. Yep. I have absolutely no, no idea. Like, but I couldn't think of another Star Wars name, so. We, we, <laughs> no, I, I probably angered Yeah, the, the Sarlacc pit works. Yeah, it's it close. Okay. close. So, uh, we now get ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gents, ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. 
No, I can't do the you can't, woes. You can't do the woes? Okay, fine. So, Ed versus Randy Orton is next. And this is a very divisive match. I don't know why it's divisive, because it was very good. Um, I do want to point out, though. <clears throat> do what now? Who says divisive? A lot of people didn't like it. Micah didn't like it. Huh? Well, he's not here. <laughs> Micah didn't like... I don't want to put words in his mouth. Micah didn't like the first 10 or 15 minutes of it. But that's why I loved it. So okay, well, let's go a, into it. A quarter of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's let's go into it. But before we do, let's. I want to address something real quick. And I'll let you guys tell your thoughts if you want. So after the NXT pay-per-view, Randy Orton said on Twitter... Do I need to go back to the Performance Center to learn how to slap, slap my leg? Ha ha, good job, guys. Hashtag leg slap. Now, he was kind of he was kind of being a jerk, as Randy Orton does, because he is a jerk. He's a really good wrestler, but he's a jerk. And Bezbekla said that they slapped their leg too many times. It was too obvious. And Tommaso Ciampa comes back and says, I'm really proud of the work we're done, but the next time my daughter wants to go to sleep, I'll have her put on one of your matches. Pretty, pretty br- brutal. And, of course, Randy Orton comes back. Randy Orton's wife gets in it. I always hate it when the wives get in it. Just let the guys yell at each other if they want to. Get back and in so, the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not really. That's not what I'm saying. My wife is sitting oh, here next sorry, to me. Sorry, Carol. But, <laughs> God, sorry. <laughs> so, I just... After this match, a lot of the WWE roster said, that's how it's done. NXT guys, you need to uh, you need to make sure you pay attention to this. Even some non WWE guys like Dash and Dawson, I think it was Dawson, uh, Dax Harwood now came out and said, "If this puts you your child to sleep, your child is an idiot," which was absolutely hilarious and it popped me. Uh, and then he came back like ten minutes later and he was like, "I'm not being serious, guys. Just relax." But I don't like the fact that they're basically attacking the new people. I don't like that, especially, especially because Randy Orton is the one that was in the wrong here. If Tommaso Ciampa came out and said, luckily I'm not like Randy Orton and does headlocks all the time. If you want to see real wrestling, watch NXT. Okay. But Randy Orton started this and he was wrong. So that really bothered me. What do you guys think? Carol, I'll let you go first. and I, 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 I want to save what I have to say for the end. <laughs> What is the leg slapping? So, like when you do a super kick or a drop kick, you'll slap your leg to make it make that sound. Oh. You know the young buck so super kick that sound. That is, yeah. Oh. They saying they do it too much. Yeah, I don't think that we need to be giving the NXT guys a hard time. Yeah, like agreed. I don't fall. We don't watch a lot of NXT, but whenever I watch NXT, I'm I'm always impressed. Yeah, and it's I just don't think Randy Orton needs to be giving anybody a hard time for doing a move too much. Right. Okay. Plus, it does come straight out of Shawn Michaels' playbook. Right. I mean, he always yeah. did the leg slap. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. That's all. I'm, I'm done. So, Edge versus Orton. And I'm going to let you talk about the match. I'm just going to talk about the intro. Because there's so much, there's no way I can go over everything. Okay. So, it started, and Tom Phillips said, we're going to have new camera angles. We're going to have some enhanced audio, which means we're going to pipe in yays and boos. It started with Howard Finkel introducing them, which a lot of people, a lot of stupid people, and I'm not usually very blunt, guys, but a lot of stupid people came out and said, how disrespectful is it that they used Howard Finkel? 
No, geniuses. It was a it was a reference to when Howard Finkel announced all these major matches. If anything, it was them paying respect to the guy. Don't come out here and get offended by every stupid little thing. Mm. That was dumb. If you got offended by that, you're just like the kids that get bored on Randy Orton's matches. You're an idiot. So, that match started. They had this MSG microphone with Finkel announcing that it's going to be a match. Uh, and then the actual announcer, who I can't remember who it is, to be honest, because I pretty much only know Justin Roberts these days uh, because of my wife's obsession with him. Hey. They, they darkened the lights. They announced Randy Orton. The lights came back on instead of a spotlight. I didn't like that. I thought it was cheesy, but fine. Uh, they darkened the lights again. They announced Edge. The lights came back on. The guys go head-to-head in the ring, face-to-face. And Tom Phillips says, this is the greatest match ever. Before they throw in a punch. <laughs> Charles Robinson, who is a genius and is my favorite referee of all time, is in an old-school blue t-shirt with a little black bow tie. Yeah. And he brings the guys together and says, okay, I don't want any hair pulling. I don't want any low blows. I don't want any eye gouges. If you guys want to shake hands, do so. Back into the corner. We're going to get started. That was a really, really cool touch. I really liked it. Did you want to add something? That was really cool. Yeah. Uh, the intro, all of this setup for the match was really Absolutely. neat. It definitely made it special. So, good job. And then the match starts... And I'm going to let you talk about the whole thing except for one thing. At the very beginning, they grapple. And then there was a camera from below. Like, literally, they probably had to sit the camera on the mat so they could see these guys lock up. It was a cool little touch they didn't use again in the match, although they did have some other cool camera angles, like above the ring. I, But the camera angles and the even the piped-in audio, I thought were pretty good. So tell us about the match, Kyle. So... I purposely didn't do this on SmackDown so I could wait until we watch the show. I got to do my segment. Okay. <laughs> that is a future endeavor oh. tune. To what? To this match. What? Why? Because, okay... Also, <laughs> what is happening? I don't understand. For the first time ever, I believe. I have a bad memory, so it's possible I've done this before. Not that I know of. I've listened to all the shows. I am giving this both the future endeavor and the brass ring. And I'll tell you why. So I hated confused. so much about this match because as I've been complaining about this entire time, this probably could have been a really good match that they just, you know, they could have let this build organically. It probably could have been great, but they were just like, they just had to put a brand on it. They had to brand it the greatest wrestling match ever. The whole, like for a month, that's all we heard about. They put it on the logo of the show. It's bigger than the backlash logo. That's all they've sold. Then, yeah. like I said, they had the audacity at the beginning of the show to say this could be. And I was furious. <laughs> On top of that, they made it different from any other match the WWE would have by having Charles Robinson dressed in that stupid old retro wrestling gear. They had the MSG microphones. 
I liked the Howard Finkel thing, but that's because Howard Finkel is awesome. Right. I wasn't necessarily offended, but I was kind of like a screw you WWE because they cast the Fink aside for so many years because he was old when that's he was just a great guy and could still do his job really well. And now they bring him back after he passed away to pay tribute. I was kind of like, whatever. So that was good. I also like the face off. I thought that was good, but I wish they would do that first match. They've, they've done it on takeovers before. And it's very similar to like MMA face offs. So right. I like that part. Also the announce team did a great job, but every other thing that they had to add, like the crowd sweetening, which was just distracting, distracting to me at times. I mean, it was like edited in well, but it was only in this match. So it stood out because it's like, I know for a fact, these same people who are here for the rest of the show aren't making this loud noise. So I, it's just so fake to me. And just the whole story behind it, the greatest wrestling match. As you said, they locked up and they said, this is the greatest wrestling match ever. Right. I hated every point of that. And mainly, and this is going to be my main point of why this is a future endeavor and why I hated that part of it so much. This match was freaking great. It was, it was. so good. It didn't deserve that weight that got put on his shoulder. I don't think Edge and Orton felt any kind of weight, but like I said, I've been saying this the whole time. When you say it's going to be the greatest match of all time, the first thing people is going to are going to think is, no, it's not. Like it doesn't matter how good it was ever going to be, and it's honestly, you could probably argue this is probably the greatest match of Randy Orton's career and maybe Edge's career too. Yeah, it was that good. And it was way better than the WrestleMania match. I mean, yeah, not even close. The WrestleMania match, I would point out to be bad. Yeah. So if this would have happened the same exact way at WrestleMania, which as just a normal match, and it it actually went longer than their WrestleMania match. But I mean, I was actually surprised to hear you say people have complained about this match. I haven't heard anybody complain about it. Yeah, I've only heard so praise good. from it. And I don't think anybody's complained about how long it was. And it was long. But I didn't, like, I, I remember looking at the time because it had been a while anyway. And we were like 15, 20 minutes in. And I saw there's about 30 minutes left of the show or 40 minutes. And I was like, are they going to go that long? And then I watched and I watched and I watched. And by the time I looked back to see what the time was, it was like the end of the show. It was right before the finish. Yeah. And I didn't even realize it. Like 30 minutes had gone by. Yeah. It was not a long lengthy feeling match. It was great all the way through. The psychology was awesome. They told a great story and they had a finish, a clear finish in which Randy Orton is the biggest heel in the world right now because he wanted this match. He asked for it because Edge beat him in a street fight at WrestleMania or last man standing. So he said, Edge, you can't beat me in a regular wrestling match. That's why you wouldn't face me in it. So I'm challenging to this. He challenged him to it. Straight up man-on-man wrestling match. But Edge fought through it all. Randy Orton couldn't finish him. And so the last act he had to do, he had to win. So he gave him a low blow, which I actually liked how the announcers said that looked kind of low. They didn't even say like a low blow. Like they made it questionable because it happened right in front of the referee. It looked like a calf kick possibly. They made it look really good. But it's probably a low blow. And then immediately punts him in the head, which is a very heel move that he did when he was a bad guy. And that's how he got the win. I thought it was great all the way around. And 
I mean, I, everybody I've heard say this is great and it was awesome, but I think it would have even been better had they not put all this crap on top of it of greatest match wrestling match ever done all this pageantry that like just, I don't know. It just took away from it for me when it's like these guys came out here and tore the house down. I totally agree that all these NXT people in the crowd, I hope they were watching and I hope they go back and watch it again. Cause this is how you do a wrestling match. Same with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. They had a great story and I mean, actually different from this match. Cause this match actually had a good build and they played into it, but yeah. Same with AJ and Brian though. They, they didn't have much of a story, but the story of the match was where, you know, all this stuff kind of came together and like unfolded. So um, I thought it was fantastic. So for all the crap that they did to try and brand this unnecessarily, that's my future endeavor. But my brass ring goes to edge and Randy Orton because they tore the house down, had the best matches of their career. I think, uh, you know, definitely arguably, but just fantastic. And, it was great to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And I, when they announced this, whenever, however long it's been since. Like five weeks now. Right. I said, well, we had this, right? We saw this match, but we discussed that, well, it won't, it's going to be a wrestling match. Right. And so I was just happy to see them wrestle mm-hmm. instead of just sort of stagger around and breathe heavily and, and occasionally bump into each other. Yeah. Uh, to actually be wrestling. And it was good. It was very enjoyable. But I have to say that WWE needs to stop putting so much weight on what their interviewers say. Because again, Charlie is the one who told us yeah. this is going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. And they must have thrown up their hands and been like, well, I guess we have to go with that now. <laughs> so anyways, that's all. It was very... It was she very wouldn't have said it if Vince didn't tell her to say it. Right. <laughs> it's It was all... Actually, I think it was Vincent Heyman's idea to do. They had some idea, I think, with this, but it was Vince approved it. So, I mean, it, it, he approved all the graphics, all the people saying it a hundred times. It's it's Vince. So, yeah. And I like I said, it just took away from what. I mean, it could have possibly been like it probably could have gotten WWE's match of the year. I mean, I honestly, I enjoyed this match more than I enjoyed Brian and AJ. I really did. Well, uh, like, I mean, not to say that their match was not good, but like they just had a really solid match that had, you know, good, like, but this had a history behind it. They, I mean, it had like the length and I don't know, like I just enjoyed it more. It was a little bit dirtier, I think. Whereas Brian yeah. and uh, AJ was like a little cleaner. This felt like a fight and these two were like willing to kill each other. So it just like ramped it up a little bit extra for me. So in that sense, I thought it was a little bit better than, their match but the fact that like i said they had to brand it had to put like it just wwe it up that like it didn't right. mean it. It, it these guys could just come out here and and honestly if they would have done this at mania my god like because that build up to that match and if they would have delivered with this match would have been like one of the greatest mania matches of all time crowd yeah. or no crowd i think that if they had this match at wrestlemania with a crowd we would be sitting here right now going, man, was that the greatest match of all time? Because, wow. Because you know that that Mania crowd would have been eating that alive. It would have been perfect. And what's so great about this match, and you've already touched on it, so I'm not going to, I'm just going to expand a little bit. The storytelling in this match, not the storytelling leading up to this match, the storytelling 
during this match, the fact that Edge had a broken neck and it could snap at any time, the fact that Edge hasn't wrestled a match in, what, nine and a half years, I think is the number. And so, like, there were a couple times he tried to do something, but Randy Orton just knew it was going to happen. And, like, one time Edge hip-tossed Orton twice, and the third time Orton just stopped and laughed in his face. And it was just so perfect. It started out with some slow grapples. They eventually got outside of the ring. They started fighting in the ring. They got inside the ring. They started doing some uh, uh, high-end maneuvers. They eventually, their own finishers couldn't finish them. So they tried sharpshooters. They tried rock bottoms. They tried pedigrees. They tried unprettiers. It was just so perfect. And then at the end of the match, a lot of people didn't, I don't want to say a lot of people, some people didn't like the ending, but you know what? It's perfect old school wrestling. Yeah. The bad guy saying, you, I, you can't beat me in a regular match. Well, Orton could tell, and Samoa Joe is just amazing because he's like, this is the first time I've seen Orton actually be concerned in this match, about 35 minutes in. And then so Orton gets a low blow, which wasn't clearly a low blow, and he was standing in between the ref and edge at the time. So the ref couldn't really see it. You can see Charles Robinson trying to figure out what was going on. Punts him in the head. One, two, three. Dirty move. And a lot of people consider the punt to the head a dirty move. Takes him out. Randy Orton is your victor. The absolute travesty in this is we were supposed to get a rubber match to to decide the winner, which probably would have been Edge. But Edge has torn his tricep during this match. And the guy that just returned, it's got to be heartbreaking for him. He just returned, and he's going to be out for eight months. No, you, you did, and I forgot to mention, that's another thing that makes this great. Edge tore his bicep in this match. And then yeah. they announced it during the day before this happened. Like, it, it was reported somewhere that, that they did a good job of keeping it quiet, because obviously they taped this a while back, and... yeah. Uh, they kept it quiet, kept it in wraps, and uh, it just basically got out the day of the edge, in fact, towards bicep during the match. And so when I watched this, going in knowing that, I was looking for any clue that Same. edge was weak on his arm, and I never saw it. Not a single time. No, like this dude wrestled, who knows when he ended, he could have injured it within the first five minutes. He could have injured it on yeah. the lockup. You cannot tell where. Uh, and it could be some of the editing they did. Maybe they took out parts where, he, but to just go a match with your bicep torn. And if, if you had to tell me to do a match with my bicep torn and I said, we'll just edit around the parts where I'm not squealing in pain, there right. would be no match. So right. for this guy to have that and then still like, I don't think that they edited around it. I think he's just that great and just pushed through it and you couldn't even tell. Yeah, I agree. 100%. So let's grade this, and Kyle, I'll let you start, and Carrie, I'll let you go next, and then I'll I'll close it out. So, so Kyle, if you're going to grade backlash, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're good. You know you're what good. to do. Go ahead. This this show had some high highs for me, because um, I I mean, I thought Jeff and Sheamus was a good match. It was, I mean it wasn't great, but it was it was good. Uh, I mean, obviously, the the Miz and Morrison music video was fantastic. Drew and Bobby, I really enjoyed. Because, I mean, I, I had a feeling Drew's a good worker. And Bobby is, too. Bobby's had some really good matches and coming to his own. Yeah. 
and I knew he didn't impact and they had a good match in impact when they wrestled each other. So I knew they, yeah. they had a chance to be really good. And then this main event, which took up like 45 minutes of the three hour show was just fantastic. Uh, wrestling match. And so those were the highs, the, the lows obviously being Oscar and Naya. Uh, and then the, for me, the street profits Viking Raider segment, I just didn't think it worked at all. Um, but with the highs being as high as they were and nothing really else other than the Viking Raiders street profit segment and the Nia Jax thing, nothing really made me angry at all. So I, I think I'm going to give it the same rating. I, th- I don't know if I gave it to SmackDown or what it show I gave it was. I'll give it an A minus just for those facts. Cause I think it's better than a B. I think it deserves more than a B. Yeah. Uh, but it was basically like a 90. Like it was right on the edge because it did have some bad segments, but the other stuff was so good, it was worth watching. So I give it an A minus. Okay. Uh, I think this show is like, it's like a rhinoceros. Like rhinos are cool and like they're big. Gore! Gore! Yeah. <laughs> right? But like they're not my favorite animal. They're okay. fine. They're not like penguins. <laughs> like penguins are awesome. So it was a rhino for me. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's the best and worst. That's the best and worst review, though. That's not what this. Is. I love you so much. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of parrot what Kyle said. You know, I think there was a lot of crap that happened at the beginning of the show that was super unnecessary. But the reality is, this was one of the greatest matches of all time, um, and it was absolutely incredible. And there wasn't really anything bad on the show. Like, even though the Street Profits and Viking Raiders were incredibly stupid, it was entertaining enough. So, fine. The rest of the show was okay. Um, but I don't think any of it was just bad other than the finish of Nia Asuka. Even the match was okay. So, honestly, I, I might even give the show an A. Just because the main event was that good. And I think it brought it up that much. I, yeah. I do. So... I thought it was great. Yeah. And before we go, Matt, uh, I got to say, I, I hate on you a lot, but I'll give you your credit when it's due because I'm a good guy. You picked correctly every result that happened on the show. I did. Except for Nia Asuka, but that's a... Well, she she's going to win tonight, so I'll count that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you correctly picked... Uh, we, we exchanged picks beforehand. Obviously, I gave my picks on uh, the SmackDown review, the, the preview of uh, Backlash. But Matt chose Sheamus to win, Apollo, Bailey, Sasha, Asuka. And she did give Nia a butt to the face, so we'll call her a winner. <laughs> Sherman McIntyre and Randy Orton. So you got a clean sweep, Matt. So if you, if you, That's uh, really good. Yeah, so congratulations. Thank you for reminding me. I was actually going to ask you how that turned out. Because now that means you have to do our uh, thirty-second challenge. I will. Do, I will do it. I've got. I think I have one for you. Okay. Uh, and we kind of joked about it earlier. Uh, so if I'm changing the competitors, so we just had the greatest wrestling match ever, but we're gonna have it again next year. Oh God. You see, now the greatest wrestling match of all time is an annual thing, and uh, it's a little different next year because it's something that uh, WWE hasn't done in quite quite some time. So next year, you're going to have an intergender match as the greatest match of all time. And Kyle, I want you to tell me 
why the greatest wrestling match ever will be Nia Jax versus the returning Shane McMahon. And go. Well, we all know how great of an athlete Nia is. So, <laughs> right? And how amazing of a wrestler Shane is. I mean, he's taken it to Kevin Owens, The Undertaker, Kurt Angle, some of the greatest to ever do it. It's true. So it's no surprise that these two are going to wind up in this match. You you thought maybe it would be Randy Orton because he did RKO Nia, but before this match happens, Nia is so great. She she's such a superior athlete. She takes out Orton before he even has a chance. She is the legend killer. So she goes in this match to kill the legend. That is Shane McMahon. Uh, who goes over in this match? Uh, it's a double count out. <laughs> That's absolutely perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Wrestle Life Radio, episode 112. My name is Matt. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Carol, and my cousin, Kyle. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and listening to this, what I thought was a really, really interesting and funny episode. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wrestle Life Radio and at Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestle Life Matt. Kyle, where can we find you? On Instagram at Kyle.Polly. And B-Dubs, there's a couple places we can find you. Why don't you tell us? YouTube and Instagram, C-A-R-O-L-E-S-E-N-N, mm-hmm. and carolson.wordpress.com. That's correct. Tell us about, about what we can find on your WordPress site. Uh, general rambling. Okay. Um, yeah, I've written a few books. Uh, I'd like to publish them one day, so I can talk about that and some other stuff. Is he related to Sergeant Slaughter? No. <laughs> I missed that one. Missed it. <laughs> and this it the, right over my head. The general ramblings. Of oh, Sergeant general, Slaughter. <laughs> so I'm saluting your general ramblings, <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> and this Thursday on the Facebook page, Carol Lynn Sin Creative, you will be able to see her play oh. music live, including the cover of The Miz and John Morrison's brand new hit song. Hey, 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 ho, ho, ho. That's right, you can sing along. We'll, we'll have the little bouncing words on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> if only, mm-hmm. if only. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 112. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. Rest of Life Radio, this is the greatest show. It's good. It's good. It's good.